Welcome to the Mystery of the Mind, a podcast that discusses all the strange and mystifying ways us humans behave. Welcome to my podcast. I am Khadija Ahmed and I'm doing this podcast because I love psychology. I love questioning the world around us, understanding our different behaviors, knowing what makes us human. So I decided that I was going to do this podcast, Mystery of the Mind. And, and, and in it, I would discuss topics such as Enneagram, procrastination and mindsets and show people how fascinating and interesting psychology can really be. In the last few years, personality tests have become a huge trend. From finding out your Hogwarts house to which kind of pizza you are, typing has taken over the internet. In 2018, there were so many quizzes for you to find out which celebrity you are and which character you are from whichever series, movie, or book. But it's kind of strange how we're always trying to find a way to explain the increasing variety of personalities there are in the world. Even though some of these typing quizzes are just for fun, there are whole sciences and ideologies based on certain typologies, such as Myers-Briggs, Big Five, and Enneagram. Today, I will be diving into the topic of Enneagram. It's an ideology that it gives a model of the human psyche through showing that humans have nine basic types within them, one of which far more powerful than the others. It suggests that each person that ever lived and will ever live is one of nine types. The Enneagram elegantly shows the different personalities of people and how each of them may grow and improve. Enneagram has gained quite a bit of popularity over the past few years and has helped thousands of people around the world find themselves and become better people. Enneagram is not about putting people in boxes, it's about helping them get out of the boxes they've put themselves in. It also explains the relations between the types, which helps people deal with other people in their lives and preserve these relationships for a long time. Enneagram has a long history. It started a couple of hundred years ago and was reintroduced recently. The Enneagram has over a hundred uses, only one of which is the nine personality types. It started with George Gurdjieff, the founder who came up with the Enneagram symbol. Then Oscar Echazo came and added the personalities to the Enneagram, while Claudio Naranjo added the psychological part to it. This is kind of a brief history of the journey of Enneagram and how it came to be, but the important part is understanding it and the different types. The nine types are divided into three categories, instinctive center, feeling center, and thinking center. The first one is the instinctive center, and it has three types, the type 8, type 9, and type 1, and it's nicknamed the gut. It ha- the, th- the three types in the instinctive center have anger at their core, which causes them to control the environment around them. So type 8 controls the people around them, type 9 wants to control the conflict and the peace in the world to make sure there aren't any problems, and type 1 wants to control everything just to make sure it's all perfect. And then you have the feeling center. The feeling center is nicknamed the heart and it has types 2, 3, and 4. And at its core, there is fear. 
You have twos that fear that people won't love them or give them the attention they need. You have threes that fear that they won't achieve what they need to achieve and they won't be the best at everything. You have fours who are who have fear of not being different and not being unique. And then you have the thinking center. The thinking center is nicknamed the brain and it has types five, six, and seven. At its core, there's anxiety. You have the five who's so anxious and wants to learn everything, each and every single piece of knowledge in the universe. You have the six who are always thinking of the disasters and catastrophes that could happen, which can cause any person a lot of anxiety. And you have sevens who are thinking about the, all the opportunities that they've missed and all the and all the fun that they could have, all the things that they could do, which can make them very anxious. Now, these are the three main categories the nine types are divided into. But the nine types themselves, well, you're going to get to know about them after this song. This song is all about fighting yourself and discovering your true self. Now you can try to do that by listening to the nine types and figuring out which one you are. We start with type eight. One of the strongest and most protective people you'll ever meet are gonna be eights. Type eight is the challenger. They live life to the fullest. They have a big heart and they're so kind. Usually type eights have close relationships with those around them and can be very protective of their family and close ones. They can take charge in a crisis and find a solution and and one of their biggest traits is that they're fair and they have justice. They're courageous and they are leaders in our society. They're energetic and they're determined so if they want to do something they do it. It's very, it's very rare they're gonna change their minds, and they're bold. But this uh, strength can sometimes be seen as over-aggressive and tough, as they try to control other people's acts and actions for fairness and justice. Type 9s are the crown of the Enneagram who see all the other types quite clearly, which makes them understand people better. They are the peacemakers who fix arguments and conflicts because they want no conflicts in this world. They seek peace, which makes them peaceful, calm, and meditators. They care about others, which is why they are quite loved by all around them. They're harmonious. And they're quite patient with all the with all the people around them and imaginative. However, since they try to avoid conflict and they see themselves as the cause of conflict, they can become quite disengaged and suppress themselves, which can make them quite slow. However, we need to remember that they're not the cause of conflict and make them accept conflict and help them get out of their shell. Then you've got the perfectionist ones who always want to make the world a better place and can prove to be outstanding mentors to those who ask. Type 1 is the reformer. 
They are responsible and structured as they strive towards perfection, fair and compassionate, focused and hardworking as they work hard to make sure that their work is right and that everything is correct. However, their desire to make sure that everything is perfect can sometimes cause them to interfere into other people's lives, making them seem controlling. And And other than that, it has an emotional impact on them because you can't control everything. And since they want to make sure everything is perfect, that will cause them anxiety and stress. But it's important to remember that these ones will make amazing mentors because they can spot all these tiny mistakes and make sure that your work is perfect. Twos are the kindest people you will ever meet, who will give you what you want before you even want it. They are, the hel- they, they are called the helper. They are generous and very emotionally intelligent. They can tell just by a look on your face what you're feeling if you're cold, and they'll bring you a jacket even before you realize you're cold. They're lovable and sweet, and they always give as much as they can, and sometimes even more, which makes their gifts very thoughtful. And they're always empathetic and affectionate, and a shoulder you can cry on and stand on. They are generous and as generous as can be. But even though they're generous, they're unable to receive. So no matter how much they give you, you can give them. And with all that, they want to be loved and they want attention. And they find that the only way to do that is by giving and giving and giving. And no one can ever forget the threes, who can achieve more stuff in a year than you can do in 10 years. They're the achievers, who are energized and hardworking, always working day and night to be the best of everything. They're ambitious and adoptable. They can change for any situation to make sure that they're on top. They're And they're motivated and always work. Sometimes that can make them workaholics and they believe that their worth is based on their achievements, which is not right because everybody has their worth on themselves, not on what they do, which is why they are very determined to make the best that, to be the best that they can be. Then you've got the fours, who are the most emotionally connected type, the sensualists they're called. They can read between the lines and with one look understand all your feelings and all that you're going through. They're artistic, creative, empathetic, and compassionate. They have a a wild imagination and very self-aware of their actions. However, their connection with their emotion can sometimes be a bit much and, and they become overly emotional, moody or dramatic, which can cause their emotions to overflow into other people, causing all around them to be kind of stressed with their emotions. But, and now let's listen to this short song about finding yourself and knowing who you are.
Before we listened to the song, we talked about the emotional force. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, you've got the investigator who's chasing after knowledge relentlessly. Now, these are the ty- this is type 5, the observer. They're wise and analytical and focused, and they're a lot more fo- they're focused on getting data and numbers and not a lot with the emotional part of the human being. How they are very curious and innovative, sometimes ahead of their time, and they're perceptive and they have a wild desire to chase after knowledge because they do have a fear of being ignorant. However, so they chase after knowledge, but sometimes they can go into deep, getting sucked into book after book. And another thing is they're not emotionally connected and they need to, to learn how to connect their emo- with their emotions as well as with their mind. If you ever want to get something done, then you ask a type 6, who will make sure that it gets done and on time. Type 6 is the loyalist, a person who's very well aware and very responsible. They are loyal and courageous, and when they commit to something, they do it till the very end. They're hardworking and structured and always reliable. Uh, But they they have a problem with anxiety, distrust, and fear because they always want something secure to hold on to. They want something predictable, but the problem is life isn't always predictable. So this causes them to have a sense of distrust, fear, and anxiety. Last but definitely not least is type 7, the true kid in a candy store who's always looking for something new, the enthusiast they call him. He's always optimistic and a multitasker, sometimes doing a thousand things at once. They're very bright and creative and curious, almost kid-like. They're adventurous and they're truly the life of the party. Wherever they go, the party follows. However, They are sometimes a bit unfocused because they're scattered all around, sometimes doing this, sometimes doing that. And they're also not committed because they're looking for freedom. But this uncommitment and unfocus can sometimes be their demise. Now, let's listen to a song and come right back to see how all this can actually help you. Now, let's try to apply these types in a practical way. Let's say, for example, at a school. Now, type A is the challenger. So most likely they will challenge students and teachers in competitions such as debate or playing multiple sports. And type A will also be respected or feared depending on how intimidating they appear to other students and colleagues. They can also be at a position of power, such as being the school president or the student body president. And then you've got type 9s. And since they are a friend to all the people in the class and they don't want the spotlight, you will see them as they blend in with the class. But they're still popular because they're sweet, 
caring, calm, kind, patient with other people, and open-minded. But it's going to be funny to see how they're going to manage to avoid conflict for four whole years, especially in one of the most drama-filled stages of our lives. And then you've got the type one who organizes school school events and participates in them and has the binder with all the sheets and the notes for every subject that's incredibly organized and most probably has the only school bag that doesn't look like a dump from inside and is actually well organized. And they also try to outline the lesson before the lesson, which makes the other students start to wonder why they're there in the first place. And then you've got type two, who help everybody. They're kind of the tutor of the class, and they are everybody's friend for that reason, as they're generous and kind. And you can see them just the day before the exam, instead of studying, they're answering everybody's calls and clarifying concepts that people don't understand. And then you got the big type three, that are, they're very task oriented. And they have a clear goal and path they want to reach. And they know how they want to reach it. They know I need to do one, two, three. And I need to be the best at doing one, two, and three. Then you got a different side of things. You got type four. The dramatic and artistic. So obviously they will join a drama or art club. And they also have this iconic look or attitude that can make you recognize them very well. But don't try to get into their way or especially copy them because at that point they will really be annoyed and kill you if they could. And um, now you've got the shy bookworm at the end of the class who's either holding a book or has the book in their bag. They are mostly straight A students but they make you wonder how do they actually achieve those straight A's when they never usually participate in class and are very quiet. Although they may seem as people who finish their tasks early and do everything on time, they're actually very big procrastinators. If you see them the day before a task is supposed to be submitted, they'll just be staying up all night high on caffeine, just working their butts off on that paper. And now you got somebody who seems to be cool, calm, and under control when they're actually internally stressed like crazy, especially when it's about grades or tests, they could be like exploding from the inside. And that's a type six. All this stress and anxiety about school and how they did the exam and what they should study really drives them crazy. But you got the complete opposite, which is type 7, that is totally chill about everything. They play a dozen sports and they join every club. They also have multiple plans for their future because they just can't decide. And you can literally imagine them the day before the exam, just sitting at their desks with all these textbooks open, studying physics and literature, while trying to understand the math and the biology and the French, just being scattered and all over the place. But how do we use this? 
So this shows how these types can apply into different situations. For example, school. We've all experienced school or college and can probably remember people that very much exhibited these types of behaviors. So this helps us try to relate more to the theoretical part that I said earlier in this episode to how it can practically be seen in something as daily as school life. And now let's go on and and figure out how this can actually help us in order to achieve our maximum potential. There isn't a type that is better than the other. Each type has its highlights and its opportunities to grow. All of us have each type within us. One of those is just stronger and more apparent than the others. So it's important to be aware of your type's flaw in order to be able to improve and be a better person. It's also important to understand that you can be calm and not a nine, or a five that isn't a straight A student, or a one that is sometimes messy, or a generous but not a two, scattered but not a seven. So you don't have to match the description 100%. You can be a bit different because, as I said before, you do have all nine types within you. And accepting your type and becoming more aware of your actions is half the battle because that realization helps you consciously change. This is what this episode is about. It's about making you conscious about your behavior so you can have the opportunity to unlock your true potential. Even though typing such as Enneagram does really help people, it also shows how we as humans love making sense of the world and of people, so we design ways to understand humans better, which is an example of how we rationalize the irrational. And if you think about it, you'll see examples in so many different things, such as the complex rules of math uh, that try to find a relation between things that could be unrelated, and the ongoing sciences that try to make sense of every single cell and atom. But before we try to analyze humanity, let's analyze ourselves and make this world a little bit better by improving and being aware. So what do you think your type is? Please share your type on my Facebook page, Mystery of the Mind, and follow the page for my weekly posts. Tune in as we tackle another mystery.